This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered 12! I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode on a Monday for the Bostonian versus the book. Dave Sherapan, he's the book. Matt Peralt on the Bostonian. We are live, but we're also recorded. It's a little bit of a mind trick for today <laughs> as we start. Our national TV expansion for the brigade. Dave, we welcome in Sports Grid. What's up, Sports Grid Television? Thank you for tuning in to us following the Pat McAfee show. Big day, Dave. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a big day. It's very exciting. I fully expected you to be in like a Larry Bird shirt or something or some other thing. I mean, you wore the green. That's fine. The Celtics won. But we don't just talk about Boston sports. We talk about all the sports. We talk about all the things. And then, you know, we're bringing not just me and you to the show, but we're bringing the brigade. This is yeah. the, this is the, the fan base, the, the, the crew that's in the chat. All the boys are here, too. So exciting stuff, man. I mean, we're ready to go. It's really cool. So if if you're new to the show, which we're assuming many of you are, this show began on December 17th. It's kind of crazy because it's May 16th. So Mm. we're only, you know, we're almost to the day from when we started this thing. And we begin every day live on props.com on the YouTube channel for props. Okay. That's where you guys ever want to watch the show live. That's where we'll be at 10 o'clock Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern time. We go for about an hour and 45 minutes straight. Okay. On sports grade, you guys are going to get commercial breaks. When we're live, there's no commercial breaks. We just straight run right through. So this will be replayed at 11 p.m. Pacific time, 2 a.m. Eastern time for two hours. Okay. So The show, if you're new, my background, I'm in radio from radio for 20 years. Dave's background behind the counter for years. If you're a sports grid viewer, you know Dave. I mean, you've seen him either on promos or in shows. How many hours a day are you doing on sports grid now? Three Three? hours. uh, Yeah, on in-game live, uh, all access, in-game live, primetime, Gabe and Cam early, Dane and Wenzel late and whoever else comes in, we got to cast the characters there. So yeah, so we're doing that in the afternoon, but this is the, this is the show in the morning. Yeah. So we do morning, evening. We're always going crazy running around with our hair on fire, but yes, the chat on YouTube is what we'll reference. So you guys might be like, what are you guys reading? If you're watching on TV, you won't see this. We'll reference the live chat from our YouTube live stream. And those guys are hysterical. So they add a ton of research quotes, Information, breaking news, <laughs> the the litany, okay? The litany of things you might hear us reference. When we say in the live chat, that's what, we're, that's what we mean. It's not a sports grid live chat. It's a YouTube live chat. So Correct. that's what we're referencing during the show as we roll through the entire show. So super excited to be here now, both live and recorded TV on sports grid. You guys who are on the brigade side of things, if you want to rewatch it, if you have a Samsung smart TV, I just found this out. 
Samsung's got like a whole menu of, <laughs> of free channels that I had no idea existed. Well, I was like, <laughs> what is this? I was like, I have two smart Samsung TVs and I'm going through this. No idea. I had no idea. It's like all these different channels. I'm like, where, how did this happen? Like, oh my gosh, I've got all this access and then Sports Grid's full lineup is on there. Yep. They're on Roku as well. Sportsgrid.com as well. So yeah. a variety of ways to go and find this chain, this show on a replay. If you see the Pat McAfee show, just hang on out until we're on after those guys coming on at 11 p.m. Pacific time. So very cool. Twitter handle at SportsBKConsig for Dave at sports talk matt for me best way to communicate with us on the show during the show after the show is on twitter we're both yes. extremely active yes we are on there i don't know how many hours a day i don't really want to know how many hours a day i'm on twitter but i don't want to know yeah a lot just bet the over <laughs> whatever it is just bet the over that's that's what we yeah, can count so that's a great way of interacting with us following us and finding out what's going on with us at Today boston the show, versus the book too thank you show. forgot yes. about that at yes. boston versus the book we couldn't get Bostonian because it wouldn't fit. Too long, too so long. Boston versus the book at yeah. Boston versus the book for the show Twitter to follow us on there today in about uh, 40 minutes. Todd Furman's going to be joining us. You guys have probably seen him across CBS and Fox Sports platforms. He'll be on breaking down everything going on football, baseball, basketball, hockey. We got a ton of things. Fully to- expecting him to come on in like a John Van Beesbrook Ranger jersey or something, just because he knows he's coming on here. Is he a Rangers fan? No, but he. This is what he does. I, I mean, I, I do the same thing a lot of times. I'll go on somebody's show knowing what they're going to talk about with the opposition in mind and he knows i'm a penguin fan and so i'm fully anticipating that but you know maybe it's a it's a pickup because todd likes to keep it tight to the vest so maybe all right right. so i was looking for a cone to wear on my head today for (laughs) what's been going on i wanted to have that on it looked much like a dunce cap but i was looking around for a cone after everyone's talking about cp3 and the fact that patrick beverly now outed the nickname that the nba has for cp3 which is cone What's, yeah. what's the cone do? It doesn't move. Whoa. That's um, some serious slander. I guarantee that he knows this already. He just now, the world knows it. They probably call him that in between whistles, you know? <laughs> and so, I mean, this is what happens. But then gold, you, you put players, especially current players that aren't afraid to talk on television or radio, and they tell you these stories, and you're like, wow. If you'd have come on with a cone today – that would have been uh, that would have been pretty funny. I could have looked walk around the good... street and grab one. I mean, there's cones <laughs> all over this place in Vegas. They're everywhere. Yeah, so we can get you a cone on my head to wear it during the show. But <laughs> we'll get to the suns here in just one second. But I want to start the show with a BetMGM graphic slash tweet that came out this morning, which I found to be kind of wild. And I want to get your take. So BetMGM this morning reported that of the top nine preseason liabilities they had to win the NBA championship. Eight of them are gone. The only one left are the Warriors. Is this like celebration time in the book when this happens? How are the Bucks not on that list? Oh, they're out. Yeah, they're out. We just lost. Right. So the wow. Warriors are the only ones left. Um, Not surprised. Not surprised. I mean, it, this is what happens. This is, I, you, you know, my line. I mean, nobody knows shit and put that 1008. 1008. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We'll get that out of the way early. We'll use squadoosh the rest of the time. So we make everybody's life a little bit easier, but 
This is why the books put them up. I mean, this is this is the best part. And like we just had the NFL draft and we talked about that and all the different bets and the games and what happens gives the books a shot. And I mean, look at that list. The Lakers. Really? The Lakers were near the top of the list. We talked about it all summer last summer. Boy, they're betting the Lakers like the series, like the season is over. And you take these bets over and over and over and you go, man, um, okay. And I mean, I sat in the books and took bets on all these teams for years. Then you watch the games play out. Teams make trade deadline moves. Teams just change the way they do things, whatever. And they make a run. So are you surprised that it's, that all of these teams are gone? How many would you expect of the top list there? Would you expect that there would be two of the four? Yeah, left? at least. Yeah, if not all three. I mean, the NBA is driven by star power. Like, we don't – this is rare. Celtics and the Mavericks being alive still, really rare to have a team that comes off the beaten path to make the final four in the NBA. Making the postseason is one thing, but to be left in the final four with Warriors and the Mavericks and now the Celtics, you know, being against Miami, that to me is surprising. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we often talk about the longer shots being a bad thing for the books, but given the amount of money that the Nets took and the Lakers took, this has to be a huge green number for the books in the futures market, right? Um, I mean, the heat price, I can't believe the heat price isn't on this list. Like I cannot believe that the heat weren't one of the top eight or nine teams. Like they were definitely going to be one of the top four going into the season in the East. So them not being on the list is a big surprise to me. Um, and the Mavs just on the peripheral outside, it wasn't too high, but it got higher when Luca got hurt. They were 50 to one to win the NBA championship. I mean, that was in the first game of the playoffs when they lost. So um, the prices were there. The one that, that probably is a little bit of a number for a lot of people is the Celtics because we started the show, would you say December 17th? Correct. They were, they had a losing record and they were like 12th out of 15 teams in the East. They weren't even in the play in 14 and 15. They got as low as 14th. No, no, that's where the record was 14 oh, the record and 15. 14 when we started the show. Okay. The Boston Celtics record was 14 and 15. Right. And you were ready to fire the coach. You were ready to tell everybody to go and like, we got to change everything we're doing. Correct. And they write the ship quickly and they turn a corner after new year's. Like they go on that road trip and blow everybody out. Then all these things started to happen and they play defense. And I think books were, you know, the odds were up there and, you know, some people grabbed some 50 to ones, I believe some 40 to ones, so there may be not such a green number, although the Celtics are green, you know, through and through. That may not be a green number for right. the books right now. I think that is probably the biggest exposure right now because as you're going through it, they're 14 and 15. They win six in a row. Okay, so now they're eighth. They still have to go that way. They had the best record in basketball from, what, February 1st on? Wasn't even close. So – you don't take the bets, but you, so you don't move the numbers until somebody bets it, and then you start to inch it down. That's got to be the book's biggest exposure right now left. Jordan says in the live chat that the, the, official, the, the official state flower of Nevada is an orange traffic cone, <laughs> which is 
somewhat true. And then Mikey Awesome, Mikey Awesome says the state song is "Cocaine" by Eric Clapton, which I would I would agree with that too. Yes, both both of those are probably pretty accurate for 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 us. Both residents of of Nevada, so they could say that stuff. So that's fine. But yeah, no, the boys are right. Like the the cone is everywhere. We can get so you what happened to the Suns? You talked about it going into the series. Ooh. You talked about it during the series. But Chris Paul blows another 2-0 series lead in the NBA playoffs. I mean, this is a unbelievable record he has when his teams go goes up 2-0. And yesterday was something else. Pat Beverly said this morning on ESPN that no one is afraid of the Phoenix Suns. And, well... It looked like Luca and company were not afraid of the Phoenix Suns in a game seven. And the team that was afraid were the Suns at home. They played extremely timid to start. Luca got hot immediately scoring 11 points out of the gate. And really from about the, I don't know, two minute mark of the first quarter on that game was done, put into the barn, no shot for the Suns to come back. I mean, they were down. The live line was 45 at one point in that game. Um. You know, I was focused on the hockey yesterday, so I was watching Game 7. I got the text from you. I have to actually check the time, but you're like, the Suns are in real trouble. And I was like, it's 528. Like, it can't – what is he talking about? It's got to be the end of the first quarter. What is he even talking about? So I checked the score, and I'm like, whoa. Then I checked the end game, and I'm like, whoa. Dallas is already favored. And then quickly they became favored by 10 and a half. Then it was 17 and a half. And I was like, it's still the first half. They have 27 points at halftime. What happened to the Suns? I have no idea. I can't. I mean, you. this is one of those ones you can't explain. Everything goes bad. You don't make a shot. It gets just it becomes that snowball that turns into an avalanche. It just rolls down the hill and you're done. And now the only thing left to sweat is the total for, for the gambling. And that was an unbelievable sweat. You know, no, I flew it, over. What are you talking about? Came down was, to the end. It was 205. It was 123 to 90 was the final. They scored 70 something points in the fourth quarter. Right. Yeah. It it had no business. Oh, I, okay. I, I agree. I, I mean, saying it wasn't a sweat. It was they had no business going over. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. it was insane that it went over. But, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. But that's you. The the margin or who was winning was decided. Yeah. Way. Yeah. It was it was done? And so, I mean, you still see it right in the playoffs. You still need. I mean, you need a dog to go get you a basket when you need a basket. But you mm. need another dog to just stop it. To, you need somebody to either, you know, have that sort of like in, in hockey terms, we call it sandpaper, grit. You need somebody, you know, Brad Marchand to just go poke the bear. You need somebody to go do something. Suns don't have it. Mm-mm. They couldn't stop it. They couldn't. They There was no, no fear, no intimidation. There was nothing. What happened to Booker, though? Like that's Booker supposed to be that guy. Make he's supposed shot. to be, he's supposed couldn't to be there. Shot. Couldn't make a shot. He's supposed to be there. Luca. Like when you need it, because Chris Paul has had games in the postseason where he's gone off in the fourth quarter and really going to save their bacon and kept them from, from really having a big collapse in, in the previous series. But watching the game, I was just like, all right, 
they're leaning heavily on Aiton, and Aiton can't make a bucket. No, they're. I mean, they blitzed Booker. It was Jason Kidd's game plan was brilliant. They just said, "Look, anybody else except Booker." and we don't believe anybody else can beat us. So it was double team. Every time Booker touched the ball, they blitzed him. They got in his face. They didn't let him get comfortable and get into a rhythm. And Jay Crowder was jacking threes like he was Grant Williams. And it just didn't, it didn't go down and they didn't have any bench support. They didn't have any bench help. And then I tell you what, man, Spencer Dinwiddie is an assassin right now. I mean, that cat came off the bench and he could miss. And it was one thing that Luca was hot. It was like, all right, so Luca goes out. Dinwiddie comes in and extends the lead. It doesn't even, you know, it doesn't give it back. He pushes the lead to bigger, higher rank. And it was like, all right, after that happened, after Dinwiddie got out for 20 points, whatever it was in the first half, that was it. Like it was Luca, Dinwiddie, game. And there was no, I mean, I shut it off. There was no point to watch it. It was over at halftime. It was an absolute embarrassment. Boot off the court, the Suns were. In game seven, which is crazy because if you've ever been to a game in Phoenix and for the people that are in Phoenix, listen to the show. Thank you very much. You know what a home court advantage that is. And it turned it turned the natives on them. I mean, it was just a bad effort. And then it became a question of what are we doing here? And I think that started to come into play. But the thing that we said when Luca got hurt, I think a lot of people were like, oh, Dallas is done. And I kept saying, I think Dallas is better than Utah without Luka. Let's wait and watch. Let's see. And I grabbed them in a series press when they were down a game, and I was like, you know what? I think they can still win, and they did. They learned how to play without him. Guys took on bigger roles, and it worked. They started chucking threes from all over. They set up the same play and put one of those guys in the corner where there was dim with yeah. and just Smith, yeah. drive and throw it over there. He's keep making threes. Utah couldn't stop it. Mm-mm. So the belief came and everybody bought in. Then you bring Luca back, who is the ultimate alpha. This guy is fun to watch. He's not afraid of anything. He wants the ball in all of those crunch times. And now you got everybody going, okay, if they stop Luca like they stopped Booker, we'll answer the bell. We got you, Luca. Don't worry about it. Kick the ball, you know, draw everybody. We'll hit the open shots. And that's what they did. I don't think Phoenix, they did have a little bit of time without Booker and they had some success. They had some time without Chris Paul. They dropped off a little bit. Now you get that adversity. You get the bad night. It all piled on it. Everything bad happened if for Phoenix and they could not stop it. And before you know it, it was 15 was 20 and it was done more on the Suns or the Mavs and their series coming up here in just one second but welcome to the Grant Williams game I, <laughs> I mean what in the holy hell was that last night Grant Williams three 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 every I mean he hit a ton I don't think the Bucks thought that Grant Williams was going to knock them out of the postseason, but that is exactly what happens as the Boston Celtics bounced the defending champs yesterday. In I mean, both games were bad. Both games weren't fun. Blowouts in both game sevens in the NBA. But what'd you make of that performance by my Celtics? Um, we saw game six and Tatum take that next step, whatever that step is. You have to win that road game. When you're down in a series, he goes and does it. Giannis scores all them points, and they still don't win. 
that was the big that's why i bet on boston to win yesterday was because yeah. i went wait they survived the Giannis game on the road oh okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is a different celtics team yeah and it was and then um did you ever play the the uh, video game nba jam of course he's on fire you know, and the ball's going in yeah, with the that flame was behind yeah. it. When you know you, you can just cross midcourt and hit the button. And if they didn't defend it, it went in. That was Grant Williams yesterday. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Feed the guy. Keeps making his shots. Everybody's having fun. That crowd in Boston is so good. And you can tell, like, it's back. That whole atmosphere that maybe – you know, has been gone for a while, the corporate seats and all this other stuff that you hear about games. The fans were there yesterday. And I mean, I turned it on as the run to extend it was going. And I just said, all right, I'm getting ready for the hockey game. Like I didn't need to see anymore. They're winning. And my next question was, all right, what's the price? What's the price? Are they going to be favored? We were trading texts. We were texting everyone we know. It was fun. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Should Boston be favored? If they are, how much? Well, wait a second. They don't have home court. All the questions became, wasn't whether they were going to win. Wasn't even going to be whether they were going to cover the game. And, of course, the total went under because, I mean, you know, we've been telling people for a week that this series, every game goes under. Every game went under but one, right? Yep. So, Everyone, yep. All, yeah. all seven. Six of the seven went six under. Six of the seven went under. It was easy. So Grant Williams did not lead the Boston Celtics in scoring the entire season. Not one game did Some Grant playoffs. Williams That's lead. Fantastic. Scores 27 points, yep. 7 of 18 from behind the three-point line, 10 of 12, plays 39 minutes. He's a plus 25 fantastic. in that game, in a game seven. Yeah. Six rebounds for him. I mean, he did have five fouls. Tatum goes five of nine from behind the three-point line. He scores 23. Jalen Brown scores 19 for Boston and they need that third score. But my favorite moment of the entire game, I don't know if you caught it. You get to watch it, but did you see what Pritchard did after he, after he hit a three and what he was yelling at the bucks players? No, I mean, this is a dude, this is a bench player. This is a guy from Oregon, second round pick. And he starts jacking threes and hitting threes. And he starts saying, that's what I do. That's what I do. He starts talking trash to the Bucks players and Bobby Portis and all these dudes who are breaking glasses and throwing stuff in the stands and getting all angry and mad because it got pretty contentious there in that game. Those two teams don't really like each other all that much. And now Boston dethrones the Milwaukee Bucks. And look, if Chris Milton was there, sure. I mean, it, it could have been a much different situation. I mean, they couldn't buy a three-point bucket if you paid them to hit it. And they just really had a tough time. Giannis, once he went cold in the second half and Boston made some defensive adjustments to stop the dribble penetration, there was nobody out there to hit shots for him. Nobody could buy, I mean, Coddington couldn't hit a shot and Portis could hit a couple. And that's just, I mean, it's unfortunate, but that's what happens in the playoffs and then it happens in, in sports where you four lose your second best player. of 32. They were yeah. four of 32 can't win a championship you know it's a championship game it's a game seven yeah. and as far as not liking each other by the time you get to game seven in any playoff series you could start out as best friends you ain't liking them by the end it's enough i don't yeah. want to see you i mean it's supposed to be contentious it's supposed right. to be nasty and it, you know as far as that end of it goes it lived up to that but i mean a 28 point margin there what was the other game 30 uh 33 yeah, you know, somewhere. Yeah. Dallas wins by 33. 
Not game good. sevens and the road team wins one of them? I mean, come on. It, you, nobody saw either one of those things coming. No, the Suns losses, but stunned me because I had I had that four to one futures ticket on the Suns to win it all, and that's out the window. Right. And then I had a stupid money line parlay and Celtic Suns going yesterday. That went out the window. So that did not that was not a good outcome for me. I did not see the Mavericks winning that game. That stunned me beyond everything. And look, I even thought about taking the points. I was like, you know, that's a lot of points. We've talked about five, six, seven being, you know, the number that we're looking at the dog. Yep. Did not think outright. Didn't see the Mavericks win that game outright. Not in a blowout for not sure. Like that. Yeah. No. Not like that. No. So I have a friend, a friend of mine who's in Miami, big, big Miami Heat fan, Miami Heat ticket holder oh, in boy. our sports betting industry. Oh, so, yeah. So I, I showed you the text from my friend and I going back and forth. And I, and I said, okay, make the line. He said, Miami minus 140. I said, that high because we have, because we have home court. It's like, mm, all right. I'm not so sure I agree with that. I, he's like, what would you make it? I said, heat minus 115. Right. I was dead wrong. This number is stunning to me. The it's heat high, are favored it? in the heat are favored in, in game one by right. one and a half. Right. And Boston is a nearly $2 favor to win the series. Yeah. What do you make of this? So this was always a problem for us in a risk room when like Golden State wouldn't have home court advantage, you know, in this past, you know, couple of years when they had their runs, there would be a game, a series or two when they got to the final Western Conference Finals where they didn't have home court, but they had to be favored because you know the way people are going to bet it. And this price is, I mean, it definitely feels high, but this is, this, you know, we'll say, you'll hear, you guys will hear me say this if you haven't already new to the show. I say the line tells a story. This line tells me the story that it's a split in, in Miami. This is, this is the price you have to get to now anticipating a split. And this tells me, that there's some books or some bad guys, which I like to refer to as the guys that bring the bags of money into bet, that Boston's going to win game one. So you already have to be them favored, Oh, despite the fact that the line's one and a half. The series price, you get ahead of the move by putting it here. So whether they win game one or win game two, they're winning one of the games in Miami. Yes. That's what this price tells me. So you so won't you have much movement. If Miami wins, it's going to come back to – Boston's still going to be favored, minus 120, you know, something like that. And if Boston wins game one, it's going to go to 250 to $2 to $3. It's going to just double up, you know, from here, close to that. So I already know the way the number's going to move. You just got to try to pick which game do they win. And then I can tell you this, if Miami win games one, games one, game one, you have to play Boston in game two. I don't think either team wins both. Reverse that. What if Boston wins game one? Bet Miami game two? Depending how the series goes, yes. That's that's the way it will be bet. It's to be, you'll hear the zigzag theory and all the right. other things that we hear. The line will be the same. I will not be surprised if Boston wins game one, Miami will come the favorite again. I would argue that it shouldn't be, but you know they're going to come back and bet Miami, so you make them. At worst, the pick them, but you probably make it one and a half, two again. Interesting. Yeah. I just, it's, it stunned me because of how expensive it is to bet Boston. 
Like it's just <laughs> they're coming. Like I was like, wow. I was like, yeah. these are yeah. Nobody saw these two teams being the last two teams standing in the Eastern Conference. Boston doesn't have home court. Yeah. And they're this big of a favorite? Like I mean, I don't know if you can say nobody saw both of these teams coming. These are the one and two seats. I mean, these these are the two teams with but the everybody best everybody discredited. In the East. I mean, yeah, but everybody dropped the I mean, by the numbers, these are the two teams should be left. Yes, I agree with you. Yeah. But in terms of the anticipation, like how many times did we see LeBron go at like a a five, six seed, whatever? Like they just tank it and then come the playoffs, they turn it on. Like normally the one and the two seeds in the Eastern Conference aren't left standing in the Eastern Conference Finals. Somebody else. I think Superstar. Miami's drastically being overlooked in all of I would this, agree. I mean, just totally 100%. dismissed. All I'm, year. I'm guilty of it myself. Like, I'm looking at it like, all right, they beat Atlanta. They're supposed to beat Atlanta. Yep. And they beat the Sixers. They're supposed to beat the Sixers. The Sixers were not, you know, I was hoping that we would get to play the song and all this other stuff, and the Sixers would win. They weren't, they weren't winning that series. It was going to take a monumental effort. As soon as Embiid was hurt, hurt, it was done. So, like, I think as basketball fans, betters, and things like that, do you think that – are you worried as the Boston guy being such a prevailing favorite? Because, I mean, eight out of ten bets are coming in on the Celtics. Of course I'm worried about it. I wouldn't be from my home city if I wasn't. <laughs> this is true. Of course everybody from true. Boston's like, oh, yes. man, you're doing what? We're yeah. what type of favorite? Like we're supposed to win this easily. Like everyone knows this is not going to be an easy series. It's going to be I mean, another series. So I got friends. Eat a I, total in game one. I got Boston friends of mine who live in Florida telling me heat in six. Like, oh, it's starting already. Oh, it's already starting. It's already. Everyone's always like. Do they, I mean, do do they have Twitter at Sports Talk Matt? Make sure you tag him and me at Sports BK and Sick when you're going to give she. him crap. It's, Court, it's Courtney Fallon. Even better, <laughs> Courtney, fire it out. Let's go. She, now she works for the Heat Radio Broadcast, so there's oh, one fantastic. thing. But she's worked in television in New England for years and, and worked the NFL Network and. <laughs> She's on social media at you know, Heat and Six. I'm like, what are you doing, Heat and Six? It's like, it's like I mean, take away your home card. You're going to have a tough time getting back into the state. What are you doing? My gosh. But that's just what people are doing. I mean, it's just, I know Boston people, Boston fans who are going, this Heat team's legit. Look out. Here they come. And so, well, I they don't, don't know. They don't play the style of basketball that people like to bet. That's for sure. It's ugly. It's low scoring. It's it's defense. It's yeah. I mean, who do you go to? Do you go to Jimmy all the time? No. Sometimes you got to go to Bam. Sometimes I mean, t- t- Tyler Hero props are, are, are a thing. I don't know. The last time Boston played, Bam killed the Celtics because they didn't have Al Horford. Al Horford's going to be a monster in this series for Boston. Al's the glue to the whole thing. Yep. And he came back. I said, I absolutely love this move by Brad Stevens. Like getting Al Horford back was brilliant. He's the adult. He's the leader. He keeps the kids in line. And And he does all the dirty work. Yeah. He does the dirty work. You got to have a guy to do the dirty work. He gets them boards. He plays that nasty defense. And I mean, you saw what he did when he was nodding. Yeah. He went and made threes. He yeah. see, he did what he had to do to win a game. You need a guy like that on the team. He's that guy. His sister's a great follow on Twitter too. So oh my you, goodness! I mean, what she's a joy. Great. She this she she puts oh. a little behind the scenes, pulls back the curtain a little bit as to what's going on and oh. what her brother's doing in the court. So and good. you know, she was great the first time he was there. She was great, and then he went to Philadelphia, and she stayed behind. She lived in Boston for a year or two until her brother, and then then she moved out, and then her brother 
went back to Boston and she moved back to Boston. So she's been a big fan of the city and the city really has enjoyed her stuff and her insights and, and just people watch it, the games and watching it along with her. But I can't wait for this series to start. And of course, right, the NBA elongates the first couple of rounds and now we're getting closer and closer to June. So quick turnaround game Sunday on or game seven on Sunday, game one on Tuesday. Yep for the Eastern conference finals, because now it becomes a real TV show and everything is structured in place. And the NBA wants to captivate it. No doubling up. They try hard to avoid that Eastern conference, Western conference, Eastern conference, Western conference until we get to the NBA finals. Is that, is that a concern for you? I don't think that's a concern at all. It is not, but emotionally, not physically, but emotionally, I'm a little bit concerned about the first half. How do they look turning around having to play? Some would say it's better to to not even come down off the high, just, Keep going. You had the you had the Grant Williams game. Don't cool him off. Get on a plane today. Fly to Miami. Get ready. Play tomorrow night. Good to go. Keep everything you know in the same type of routine that you've had it in. So there's two ways of looking at it. Physically, I have no problem. Mentally, mm, I don't know. Emotionally, there could be a letdown. It's possible. I'm not saying it's going to. It's possible. Right. Warriors are minus two thirty to beat the Mavericks here, Dave. Yeah. That is high given what Luca has done. Any value on the dog here? For sure. For sure. I, I, I think we saw a couple battles. A battles. One of the best games I watched all season was Dallas against Golden State. I believe it was in Dallas. Um, fun. One of those things that you had to watch. And I kind of picked up like I said to myself, this is going to be a hard matchup for um golden state if they meet down the road and man i think it's way overpriced <laughs> I, I think but but again you see these things priced with the game one outcome already in mind so what are you going to do open this thing 180 and take bets all the way up to 220 and then the golden state's going to win and now what do you do so you started out ahead where it needs to be if Golden State wins it's not such a big jump but if Dallas wins you can come back down and still have Golden State be the favorite because Golden State they could win both games at home this could be end up being a long home court series Golden State's going to be favored when they go to Dallas that's what this line tells me Interesting. One thing that I'm curious. So like, I know my favorite bet and I thought it was dead. Cause I like the Suns to win game seven. My favorite bet in the NBA, for those of you who are new to the program has been Dallas Mavericks home game unders. Yep. I think the number is 34, 13 and one now to the under for Dallas Mavericks at home. It's been my favorite season bet. and playoffs combined season and playoffs combined on the entire year. Mavericks unders at home have been a thing. I think I'm going to get tested big time in this series game three, game four. Doesn't this feel like this is going to be a three point shooting contest every game? I already would bet over in game one. <laughs> like, like um, we saw a little bit of difference in games in the Phoenix series, right? Um, even going back to the Utah series, I don't think it was that big of a difference because Utah couldn't score either. So the games were going under more there. I agree with you. I'm looking to play over. I mean, I'm, I'm 214 is pretty much a consensus number right now for game one, 214 and a half. I think it's going to go up 
I think you can play it over now and get a better number um, than you will by game time. I mean, what's going to happen? People are going to wake up today, talk about it Tuesday, talk about it and go, oh, yeah, you know what? It's going to be a defensive game. <laughs> no, they're going to bet the over game day. So um, I, I agree with you. We'll wait and see because Dallas may change again and go, you know what? Let's let's run. Let's play. So mm. I don't know. I don't know. I went to with the number. It's I I will bet under game three almost blindly simply because I've been betting it all year. Yes. But I I'm going to be nervous <laughs> about <laughs> the amount of three point shots being put up by both teams, by the Warriors and by the Mavericks, maybe a little bit concerning. So uh, we'll grab Todd Furman here in just one second, but I want to ask one more question. We'll do hockey after we talk to Furman. But yeah. what do you do? You remember what the price was if you bet the, the exacta for for Warriors Celtics in the finals? Just picking the matchup. You didn't have to pick the outcome. Just the matchup: Boston to face the Warriors in the final. Oh my goodness! I mean. Well, if Boston at one point was fifty to one just to win the NBA championship, it had to be close to a hundred or yeah, even that's what it was. A hundred a hundred to one? A hundred to one. Just to pick that matchup. If you had said Warriors, Celtics in the NBA finals, it got as high as a hundred to one at Bet MGM this year. Dear Lordy. Oh my hundred to one. And now we Can you imagine minus- being one step away from that? Well, I've got Warriors Celtics. I have a seven to one and a ten to one. Oh, I so know. You you I, just, I don't have everything, I, but I, I, I can't wait. Like we've been talking all these things <laughs> through on the show, and hopefully, you know, the brigade has has partaken in some wagers and put yourself in these positions. And that's all we're trying to do. The day to day is hard. That's a yeah. grind, and you know you're gonna win some, lose some, whatever. But if you can put yourself in these positions with the futures, you're really good. Well, you could have the finals matchup a ticket on each, which will give you a little bit of peace of mind where you can just watch the games a little bit, knowing you're going to get to the window. A hundred to one? A hundred to one. I would be really talk about sweating. Oh, oh my goodness. I'd well, have you, to. You play off of it though, right? I mean, you, if you, you, you had tickets, you'd be betting on the other teams. But if you're, if you're if you're me though, do I go and bet Mavericks Heat? Go find that exacta given I've got Warriors and Celtics tickets. Um, what if you get one and not the other? Well, that's the problem too. Right. Now, <laughs> no, I'm in trouble. Right. So now I think or I do mean, I bet do, do I go and bet Warrior or Mavericks and series. Heat to win it all? And I'll have all four teams covered. You could do that depending on the price. You could wait. I mean, you're gonna get a better price on the Mavericks after game one if you think the the Warriors are going to win. If you think the Celtics are going to win, you can wait on the Heat one. You can gamble to it. I mean, I, I we're, we like to lock up profit. So, I mean, we don't have to, you know, post and, 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 and give anybody a resume as far as winning tickets. Mm-hmm. So just make a profit, lock in, just bet each one to win the series. It just depends when you jump in. You know, I got to do the math. I I got to do the whole math on all this because I've got one unit at oh, seven to one. Boy. I, I have one unit at ten math. to one. This is it's, not good. We're gonna have to good. ask. We're gonna have to ask Stevie Mac, our head of security, <laughs> or SoCal DGen to get to work on the math, boys, for P roll and decide exactly what he wants to do. We'll work on it maybe after the show or something. We're not gonna because it's it's a complicated hedge. It's not a simple hedge. 
Well, now it's a little bit, I mean, like Celtics Mavericks is easy. It's like, that's an easy hedge, right? right. If, it's, if, Celtics Maver- if, I, if I get one of the two teams in, yeah, that's easy. Of course. If I get them both, it's best. If I get it, none of them, I'm going to be pissed. So it's just, oh. <laughs> like, it'll be all, oh, all on top three of, of my, it. It's your team too. Right. Celtics. Like I got to do what? I mean, you had to talk me into taking that 10 to one ticket though. I was not comfortable taking that 10 to one ticket. I was like, nah. And you were like, take it now. It's, it's just take, take the 10 to one. Now it's going it's, nowhere, but down is what yeah. I told you. You <laughs> yeah. have to take it's double digits right now. And again, we'll introduce the CLV can, which oh, is yeah. closing live value. You got a great ticket. It may not get there, but you got the best price at the best time. Well, no, I mean, you, you, you could have gotten a 50 to one ticket in Boston at one point. I just thought at that time. Yes. Right. They, when they turned the, the ticket, they turned the corner thought, Yeah, and we, and we like, you know what? Like it's worth jumping in. It was the same thing with the warriors. When I, my favorite regular season bet was warriors over 47 and a half wins. So that got there. Right. So then it was, all right. Do you think the Warriors can win it all? And we're like, when Steph comes back, yeah, they're going to be nasty. Go ahead and jump them at seven to one right now. It's a good bet. So we jumped in on Warriors. And then right. the Suns were killing everybody. They won 63 games or whatever it was. And it was like, well, I've got a Warriors and a Celtics ticket. You might as well just make it make sure that in case the Suns are the best team, go ahead and take a flyer on them four to one. And then they get tossed last night and they're out. So now I need the Warriors to beat the Mavericks, which... Which do you feel more confident to win the series, Mavericks or the Heat? Mavericks. Really? I'm dismissing the Heat. Now I think I might be missing something. I am. Yeah, I think it's. I think I. I, I the think heat. the Mavericks. I think the Mavericks. I mean, if, if Clay is not Clay, if Draymond does something to get him kicked out of a game, and he's gonna, you know, he's flagrant two away from, you know, missing a game, being suspended. Right. Right. I mean, those yep. points carry over. They don't just disappear. Right. They don't get free shots. They add up. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, I mean, Kerr's going to be back. Yeah. But I mean, they did lose by what, 35 at Memphis? Like, Dallas is a young team with a stud who can carry them. I, I, I give Dallas a better shot than the Heat. I, I think the Heat have to play multiple perfect games to win. I'll be very curious to see how Miami looks to defend Boston and whether or not they're going to get caught in the same way. Are, are they going to get caught the same way that the Bucks got caught? Because the Bucks idea was Tatum and Tatum and Brown can get to the rim on us whenever they want, because we don't have the perimeter guys to stop their drive. So we're going to pack it in and we're going to say, go ahead, guys, shoot threes. Mm. And they got, it was a make or miss series when Boston hit shots, it was over when Boston missed shots, they lost. I don't think Miami does that. Miami will play more of a team oriented type of game. Then you're opening yourself up to a Tatum 50 point game, you know, possibility. Mm. So how do they defend Boston? To me, it's going to be fascinating given where they are and how they do it. Right. Cause they're so good at this. So I know Furman's having some issues. It sounds like in the back. So hopefully we'll get, this always happens when we start off. So let's, I know Todd Furman will set to come on here in just one second, but hopefully we'll, <laughs> have I, you ever heard to the birds on the bat reference? I've never heard the birds on the bat, but Timmy Bradshaw in the chat just yeah. said, I love you representing the birds on the bat. I've that never, must be a I, St. Louis thing. It has to be right. I never heard that before, but I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. It's gotta be a St. Louis thing. Okay. Thought Why are you wearing St. Louis today, by the way? Albert on day, on day one on sports grid, you're doing 
What now? Albert Pujols made his major league pitching debut, the oldest guy ever in the history of baseball to make his major league pitching debut, other than a guy named Lena Blackburn in 1929. He beat Ichiro. Ichiro pitched when he was 41 years old in certain days. Albert's 42. They asked a guy to come in, throw a couple, you know, just get us out of the last inning. We're up 15 to two. Albert's done all this stuff. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I love the guy. He's going to retire with a 36 ERA. He gave up a couple bombs. Like they got to, you got to get Albert another shot. And I figured to retire I, with a 36 ERA on the yeah. baseball card. He'll have ERA, ERA 36. 36. It ain't right. You can't do that to that guy. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to dress up in the St. Louis stuff today. If St. Louis needs another pitcher, I got one inning in me. I may never move my arm again, but I could throw. Albert was throwing at 48 miles an hour. 48. On purpose, though, right? He, he can throw harder than that if he wanted to, right? I don't know. Albert looked like he was just like jump in there and throw. He was trying to just throw it over the plate. Once you get on the mound, it was mental. It wasn't like he was at first base trying to throw it to short after an out. He was on the mound. He was trying to throw a strike. So he was like lobbing it in there. I was like, Albert, come on. You got to hit 60 on a gun. I mean, I could could loosen up for 15 minutes. I could think I could hit 60 on a gun. I know I can. I was disappointed in that. Gave up four earned runs. Come on, Albert. Huh. How hard could I throw? I don't even know how hard I could throw off a mound. Oh, man. 65 sounds about right. When's the last time you actually did it? Oh, boy. A while ago. Yeah, I bet under 65. Under 65 miles per hour? I bet under 65. When's the last time you threw a baseball? You said years. I, I mean, when that means I know, years, I, I mean years. I mean, at your hardest, how hard could you throw a baseball? 18 years old, I tried out for three major league teams. The Red Sox was the last one, and the scout was there, and he's like, all right, you know, warm up, throw it. He had a gun. I threw I wound up, I threw it as hard as I could. I closed my eyes. My hat was sideways after I threw the pitch. I was like, man, I must have hit 90. Yeah, I know I did. 85. Yeah. Scout goes, you got to throw it harder than that, son. And I was like, I was <laughs> thinking in my head, well, I guess I better finish uh, hockey and try to go to place hockey because I ain't getting, I, I ain't going nowhere to play baseball. All I wanted to do was pitch. 85. I wound yeah. up, put everything I had come out of my shoes. He clicked the thing. He goes, 85 again. I looked at my brother was catching me. <laughs> said, I ain't got nothing. That's it. That's the hardest I could throw. I had everything in me. That's when I knew right then. I was like, all right, my pitching career is over. I better start skating, working out the calves more because I can't do this pitching thing. No more. 85 I, mean, with I, play, the- I play catch with the kids every, you know, all the time. I mean, my yeah. arm is better now than sure. it was when I was 18 because I take care of it. When you're 18 right. and you're pitching in all these leagues and the coaches don't care, you're pitching a two hitter through five. It's 92 in Pittsburgh. You're sweating. You got another inning? Sure, coach. Yeah. Can't feel my arm. And if I throw another curveball, it might snap. But I'm good. Now, I mean, I play long toss after getting loose and throw it 200 feet like it's nothing. Just wing-zing. So I think if I got loose again, I'm going to go to the fantasy camp. I'm definitely going oh. to the higher fantasy camp. Crow hop 85 was the hardest horse I ever threw. But I yeah. With, it, with, with the crow hop. Right. So it wasn't like I was stationary, just pushing off a rubber. <laughs> it was, right. it was yeah. basically two steps, crow hop, yeah. fire. For sure. It was, was 85, but it was, it was as hard as I ever threw. My little brother could throw, could throw 90. 
he touched he touched 90 a couple times 88 89 uh and then he played he played college baseball and then it, things just went sideways for yeah. him but um it is remarkable if you're a lefty and you could throw 88 miles per hour you are in the big leagues you are you are on the fast track if you are a righty and you throw 88 miles per hour you are a dime of dozen and there's a thousand kids who can throw that hard and it's not the big of a deal yeah, most likely you're working at UPS. Nothing, nothing, just <laughs> nothing wrong no, with working at UPS. Right. You're punching tickets like me yeah. at, a, at a sports yeah. book. Twenty five years later, I mean, it's you, just if crazy. you could throw, if you teach your kid to throw lefty, and you're, you could throw eighty eight miles per hour from the left hand side. You got a shot. You, you got, got a shot. shot. <laughs> yeah. You got a shot. To if you could hold runners ball. on and throw a breaking ball too, you might end up with a whole long major league career out of the bullpen. Oh, you know, be be a long reliever. You could be something. Lefty. Uh, yeah, lefties are. It's 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 hysterically funny how significant the difference between a left-handed career and a right-handed career is. I can put this on now. Oh, guys, coming on. Wow. Yeah. So we're doing that. Yeah, well, I got to put on just you know. I mean, we got to get firm in a hat. His hair's always so nice and perfect every time. I'm not sure the guy's worn a hat since he was a backup goalie back in the day. But I mean, we can get him a BVB hat. I don't know if he'll wear it, but I got to make sure we give him a couple different models to look at. Well, speak of that, let's get our guy Todd Furman on here as he will be our first guest for our Sports Grid TV replay and live here on the Props YouTube channel and on Twitter. Farah, you guys will hear a lot about Matt Farah, our producer. I know he was efforting heavily to get this thing done, so I appreciate the effort, Matt. We were listening Thanks, back to you guys getting this thing done because time to time we have technical difficulties and we've got things we got to fix and things we've got to do to get guys on. And there oh, is the man. What is up, my friend, Matt and Dave? How are you? I'm doing well this morning, boys. Thank you for having me on. And Dave, if I could pull off bold and beautiful like you could, I wouldn't be covering up with a lid everywhere I went with 7,000 different hats. I just want to know what the organization system looks like in the Sherapan house. And when you have the cleaning crew come through, do they dust each one individually <laughs> with a feather duster or do you clean them yourselves on a biweekly basis? There's a lot of questions. I mean, you, you, if you're, you're in the media business, you know you're supposed to ask one question and maybe one follow-up. No, you hit me with three right I'm off the I'm firing. Bat. I'm coming up firing. And you can pick which question you want to answer because I'm going to get a bad answer for all of them either way. True. I got them organized by sports. And I got, I got, I asked the kids at the stores how to store these things to keep the dust off them. I got cases. I might end up divorced over the hats, but they're going to be organized. This is new. They're going to be in, in different lines. Farrah and I are learning. This is new. You have cases for your hats? I'm trying to listen. It's part of the show. I got to keep the hats nice. You got to keep wow. them clean. You know, the dust is an issue here in Las Vegas. The dust is. is everywhere. So, yeah, you got to get organization. I'm working on it right now. Do you have yes, them like color coded? Like, did you have by team sport color coded? And now you know the actual number that you own? Not yet. Okay. Not you know, yet. Matt, I figure the next thing that Dave is going to do, he's going to build out a spreadsheet. He's going to number all of them and he's going to get one of those motorized racks oh. that goes around oh. the garage or somewhere in his house. So it's like walking into a dry cleaner. He wakes up in the morning, it's 5.30 a.m. He's loosened his shoulder up for about 36 innings of coaching girls softball. And he goes, you know what I'm really feeling today? My 1972 Cleveland Indians old school throwback hat. 
He, he dials it up. He puts in the number and it's like a vending machine right there. I feel like and then it probably comes up and says, do you want the matching Jersey to yes? Yes or no. And the other one comes racks, out. The two racks that are spinning <laughs> counterclockwise yes. to each other. So he can go through and pick out his outfit when he wakes up in the morning. I really hope my wife's not listening to the show because she's actually going to buy into all of that, that you just said, and it's going to cost me. I got to go hit another Derby try to pay for this ridiculous thing. But that's a good idea for You always got good ideas. I love it. You know, every now and again, I got to try and coach you up one way or another, but uh, I'm sure you guys didn't bring me on to talk about hats. I could pick on Dave, Matt, and you and I, we can gang up on him, go a little two-on-one, and we'll treat him much like the Dallas Mavericks treated Devin Booker. Every time he touches the ball, send two men at him, and he'll do nothing but throw up bricks from start to finish. All right, so what do you make of that series? Warriors minus 230. Luka now is, look, he's a, we know what Luka Doncic is. He's incredible, but his game seven aura is growing and growing and growing. This dude now averaging 39 points. We heard from Patrick Beverly on ESPN this morning when he said like the league knows that game seven, Luka, you don't want to touch that guy. He's averaged 39 points. He'll kill you. And he did kill the Suns. Can he do it to the Warriors? Can the Mavericks make the NBA finals? I mean, he's proven that he can do it on some of the biggest stages out there. I know a best of seven dynamic is a lot different, but look at what he accomplished for Slovenia at the Olympics against some of the best players in the world. And he wasn't surrounded by any NBA caliber talent. So Luca has elevated his game when the magnitude of these contests has been ratcheted up and whether it's his scoring prowess at the offensive end. But I think some of what gets ignored for what was so dominant about Dallas's game seven win yesterday was the way that they play defense. We've seen that from them throughout the playoffs at home, but they finally took that same level of intensity on the road. And say what we want about Jason Kidd, he probably hasn't been given enough credit for what this team has accomplished with some of those secondary options, whether it's Jalen Brunson stepping up or getting Dorian Finney-Smith to go bonkers from beyond the arc. I mean, this team has answered the bell, but this is going to be their biggest challenge. The one concern I have about Golden State, we keep waiting to see them at their absolute best Will they finally raise their level of play and be fully engaged from start to finish in game one of the series? Or do they think, hey, look, we can flip it on like a light switch, like we saw in the closeout game against the Nuggets and Grizzlies? Because Golden State at its best, no doubt, is going to be better than Dallas. But we've seen the Mavericks kind of meet every challenge that's been put in front of them this postseason. I think we're in for an absolute war. And I would lean towards the dog at the series price, but nothing with strong convictions. All right, the show's called Bostonia versus the book, so we're kind of obligated to talk about the Boston sports because this is what this guy does. Go to the Eastern Conference in the basketball. The Celtics close out the Bucks in style, 28-point victory. Five-point favorites on at home in the closeout game, blowout. Explain this one to me because this would be one of those sources, you know, we would be having this discussion in a risk room wherever we were. The Heat are favored in game one, but the Celtics are minus 175 in the series. Is it that easy or are we overlooking the Heat? No, I don't think it's that easy by any stretch. But what is interesting, when you look at the way that the series line has moved in the few hours it's been up on the board, I saw a couple shops originally open the Celtics at minus a buck and a quarter. Now, that price wasn't out there for long. Sharp bettors obviously gravitated towards that, and it'll give them a myriad of opportunities to figure out what they want to do at this juncture. But I think this is the scheduling spot that the Heat have to win game one. We've seen the Celtics lose game one in a series and be just fine. But you're paying a premium to back Miami here, who's going to come in more well-rested. Boston on the tail end of an emotional, hard-fought seven-game series. We saw it last year in the NHL, and while it's not apples to apples, it was a similar scenario for the Colorado Avalanche against the Vegas Golden Knights. Colorado had been sitting, waiting, going through, fine-tuning. They were healthier. 
Vegas just didn't have the energy and intensity to match. And I think you could see a similar scenario unfold in game one because if the Heat were to lose this game, I think it's good night, sweetheart, and Boston can steamroll them in five or six. Whereas if Miami wins this, Boston ends up winning game two, and you're looking at that series price still thinking you have a little bit of a bargain because home court has shifted. So for me, the way that this dynamic breaks down, if you like Boston for the series, and I know if you're moving larger freight on these games, it's a little bit more challenging. You know, bet him game one on the money line. You lose that. Be willing to come back over the top and bet into the adjusted series price. It'll give you an opportunity to cash out after 48 minutes. Or if you want, you come back over the top and start handicapping those games individually, given the dichotomy we're seeing in a game one price versus the full series. Love that. Conspiracy theories always float around the NBA, but I think a lot of people have said like Boston versus the Golden State Warriors is the preferred matchup here from an NBA finals June ratings perspective, you know, rival coasts, two big markets, two big diehard fan bases and some players that the fans, I mean, a casual fan will know Steph Curry and they'll know Jason Tatum. Who's favored if it's Warriors Celtics, who's favored? Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. I think so much of what we've seen throughout the course of the NBA is all about, you know, public perception playing a role as much as anything else. And this is, I'll admit guys, there are things that I know and things I don't, the Celtics would have home court advantage in that series or would it shift to Golden State? Because that's going to be the determining factor in all of it. And I know the format for the NBA is a little bit quirky for the way the finals used to go. That yeah. dynamic has changed some with the 2 2 one, one, one. Celtics would be favored, would have home court advantage. So, they had a better record than the Warriors. And I'd make the Celtics a slight, uh, the slightest of right. favorites for just that result because I think that home court environment that we've seen in Boston at TD Garden is going to be paramount to what you'll get in San Francisco. Old Oracle, in my opinion, gave the Warriors much better home court advantage than what we've seen now. It almost feels like it's a little bit of an antiseptic environment. And I won't make the parallel because I haven't seen a game there, but it feels like what you get for the Maple Leafs in game sevens at home, where it's more of a corporate crowd. It's a higher cost of entry to try and get into that building. But I would make the Celtics the slightest of favorites. Again, though, Dave, you sitting in the risk room, you know, first and foremost, if you had liability going to either of these teams, you may want to try and entice a better two uh, on team A or team B. So maybe you shade the number a dime, 15 cents one way and try and invite some of the professionals to scalp a price to take you off a big nut. Because I have to imagine, and we won't go to our boy Mo because we know Mo lies about what the liability looks like. He at definitely does. He, he hasn't even looked at those numbers since November. I mean, I saw some right. of his quotes. I was giving him a hard time on social. But I have to imagine there's right. a few books around town and across the country that have a lot of liability to the Celtics, knowing that that price was upwards of 40 or 50 to 1 before they won on this improbable run. Exactly. And I think I think that might even be baked a little bit into the price against the Heat. They don't want any more Celtics money right now. We already got the Celtics money in big numbers, so we'll keep them off at least for now at the beginning. All right. I mean, you had a stellar goaltending career playing hockey and all this stuff. Somebody in- Highly questionable how you define stellar, but I'll take the compliment when I can get it. You got it. Somebody in the chat just said, has anyone ever told you you look like CM Punk? I don't know if they have or not, but listen, this is our chat. This is what they do. They fire these things at you. But talking about firing things at you, one day I am going to fire pucks at you, and we're going to film it, and we're going to just – this is going to be one of those fun things. Calgary fired all of those pucks last night at that guy. I know you were up watching it because you were tweeting, and then we started texting. Do you believe how good the hockey's been? But you start, we'll start there because I know where we're going to end up at some point with the hockey. How good was that hockey game last night? How good was Ottinger? And 
What do you make of Calgary in the West? I mean, absolutely incredible. I mean, Jake Odger is the only reason that series went seven games. You look at his performance there. You hate to see the way it ended with Johnny Goudreau scoring short side, given how well Jake Odger had performed throughout the course of the series. But he faced every challenge he was met with. And I think when you look at the 23-year-old netminder, who wasn't even number one on their depth chart coming in. I mean, they went out and they got Braden Holpe to help some of their depth. They thought Anton Hudobin was going to be able to channel some of his playoff magic that we saw a few years ago in the bubble. And even Ben Bishop, who uh, unfortunately had to call it a career in the middle of the campaign. But there is no question now who Rick Bonus will lean on. And Jake Ottinger deserves every superlative you can throw his way. And you saw the look of frustration throughout the course of that series from Calgary. But we've seen in the the NHL playoffs more than any other sport, guys, a series like that, in my opinion, makes Calgary that much more dangerous because they ran into an absolute brick wall. I mean, if they only faced an average goaltender, they're winning those games by two or three goals. And I think Calgary now can play with a bit of house money, loose and free going into the Battle of Alberta against Edmonton. And I really believe, I know the odds won't reflect it because of Colorado's pedigree and the star power there, But if you're looking from the back on out, I think Calgary has a legitimate shot to beat Colorado and come out of the Western Conference. And I'd be more than happy to take them if that's the Western Conference Finals matchup we get at a price of plus $1.50 or greater, because I think you give the nod to Jacob Markstrom in net over what you're going to see in Darcy Kemper, assuming he's healthy. And from a head coaching standpoint, I mean, Daryl Sutter has been here and done that. He's shown that he knows what the blueprint has to be for your team to win games of this magnitude as you get into the summer months. And I just haven't seen enough grit from Colorado in some of these other previous cup runs. Maybe this team will be a little bit different, uh, but fool me once, shame on me, or shoot fame on you, whatever the saying goes. (laughs) Fool me again. I'm taking a team that can stop the puck and play from the back out in the Calgary Flames. So I think Calgary, a legitimate shot to come out of the West. I'll let Dave ask you the Penguins Rangers question, but I want to talk about Why? the Golden Knights for just one second. I want because to ask those questions. Gerard Gallant is the coach of the Rangers, and they have advanced. We all three live here in Vegas. This morning, Pete DeBoer was fired by the Vegas Golden Knights, and the large theory rumor is that the former coach of the Islanders, Barry Trotz, is going to become the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. Are you signing up for defensive hockey in the desert, given where the Vegas Golden Knights have been in their history of this high-flying, offensive-minded hockey club? Hey, I mean, you guys are talking to a former goalie here. There's nothing that gets me more excited than watching 2-1 hockey. And if we could find a way to bring back the left wing lock in the neutral zone track, I would love Stanley Cup playoff games that had a grand total of 26 shots on net combined because you know you can go under four and a half. The Devils go up one nothing, and Marty Brodeur is not going to face a shot for game about 13 over. minutes of game action. But for me, you know, I think Trotz is an interesting name because when you look at the grit and the way that Lou Lamarillo built that Islanders roster, It's very different than the current constructs and some of the constraints that you would have out here in Vegas. So I'm not sure that you could flip the switch, bring Trotz in, and expect him to realize this team's full potential going into the 2022-2023 season. The other name, Matt, that I saw thrown around this morning who I am 100% against, and of course because the Golden Knights love to do things ass backwards, he'll probably be the guy, would be John Tortorella, who's more of that old school, chiseled, hard-ass head coach. And if they want to change the atmosphere in the locker room, they want to hold some of these veteran players accountable. We'll see if that's actually the case. But given Torch's comments earlier this year about Trevor Zegris and the flash and everything else, I mean, you can only live in the stone ages for so long (laughs) before you have to emerge into the light and understand that the game is significantly different now and skill is rewarded versus how it was played 10 to 12 years ago. There's a reason goal scoring is up. That's what the league wants. There's a reason there's tighter whistles 
throughout the course of the season. And you can't go out there and just try and muck up hockey games, winning everything 3-2, because you open yourself up to puck luck and everything else. So Trotz, I would like. I don't think the roster fits the way he wants to play. Tortorella, I wouldn't. But let's see if Kelly McCrimmon and company decide to go outside the box and George McPhee has a different ace up his sleeve. But going back to your point, I do think there's irony. Gerard Gallant punches his ticket to the second round, and that's the day that the Vegas Golden Knights decide to fire Pete DeBoer instead of doing it, you know, 10 to 14 days ago. (laughs) Unbelievable. Um, How do you explain what happened to Toronto again? Like, again, I mean, it's so hard. It it just – I feel bad because I feel like Toronto – was right there, and it just you, you you see the state puff marshmallow man Vasilevsky in net. The equipment looks like it gets bigger as the game goes on, and Tampa wins the game seven on the road. The only team to do so. How how do you explain it to Toronto? And then look ahead to that series, the war in Florida that the Panthers and the Lightning is going to be. Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, you have to give the Lightning a ton of credit because it was only a couple of years ago where they were swept out of the opening round after dominating and bulldozing the regular season and route to the President's Trophy by the Columbus Blue Jackets. And that was when I think they had a hard look in the mirror and went, you know what, we're not built to win in the postseason. We have to try and reconfigure our roster. And one of the keys for Tampa's success over the last couple of years, and you saw it on full display in Game 7, has been that depth of scoring and the contributions they're getting from some of their third-line guys. I mean, a player like Blake Coleman or Patrick Maroon uh, that were able to contribute in the past. Now you add in Brandon Hagel and Nick Paul. I mean, Nick Paul had zero playoff goals. Suddenly he scores two in game seven because he's doing the dirty work. And there was nothing greasy about the second goal he scored. I mean, that was raw skill on full display. He made a great play. And the one thing we've seen from Tampa, when they have a chance to close you out, they're like a boa constrictor. They just suck the life out of you. And to the Lightning's credit, they did something, Dave, that your beloved Penguins weren't able to do in Game 7. There he goes. They put no yeah. emphasis on offense. I mean, over the Thanks. final 15 minutes of the game in Toronto, they generated .2 expected goals. They were happy to gain the red, chip and chase, and go, you know what, Toronto? We're going to make you drive the puck 200 feet. We're going to trust the big cat in net. And again and again, this is a blueprint that's worked for them. But to the, uh, to the Maple Leafs' credit, I will say – this team felt significantly different than what we saw yes. last year. Last year, when you blow a 3-1 series lead uh, against a Canadian rival, that was a full-on choke because the Montreal Canadiens didn't have a fraction of the skill. They had the goaltending advantage in Carey Price, and it catapulted them through to the improbable Stanley Cup run. But this, they just encountered a team that had a heart of a champion, and they had to close out Tampa when they had a chance in Game 6. The 5-on-3, rather unfortunate, that allowed Tampa to equalize. But even in overtime in game six, I mean, Toronto controlled the run of play and it just was an unfortunate bounce that went the other way. And lo and behold, we knew that all the pressure was going to shift to the Maple Leafs, which is rare to say for a two-time defending cup champion. And I think as you look forward to the Battle of Florida, the injury that we're going to be keeping tabs on will be Braden Point. I mean, wasn't able to finish game seven against the Maple Leafs. If he's unable to go, I mean, that's a massive loss up front, given what he's been able to contribute over the last couple of postseasons. And while the Lightning don't rely on just one or two bodies up front, you know, the grit, the tenacity, I mean, he's a guy that you're going to talk about adjusting a series win probability by about 5 to 6%. And that's Ooh. the big reason that you've seen the Panthers take off from right around the $1.55 favorite, upwards of $1.80 here in town. And I think to Florida's credit, they showed something that we didn't think they were capable of. It was grit and beating Washington. And granted, they were fortunate. They can't play from behind in this series. So let's banish that notion real fast for Andrew <laughs> Burnett's bunch. But they went out there, 
And I think they were pushed a little bit more than they expected to. They got the monkey off their back. First playoff series win since 1996. And I think they learned a lot in what they didn't bring to the table in losing to Tampa last year in what was one of the better playoff series we saw. So if Bobrovsky can match Vasilevsky, even something close to save by save, I think we're talking about the Florida Panthers ending this lightning dynasty and moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Wow. Todd, last for me, then Dave can finish up with you. The Carolina Hurricanes are pretty big favorites against the Rangers. You would say that maybe they got the easier of the two series to go through here. Would you bet Carolina to win the whole thing? Can the Hurricanes win the cup? You know, it's interesting because it's a team I was bullish on last year and was a little bit disappointed by the way that they fizzled out in the postseason. And I think when you look at their roster from top to bottom, if you had a healthy Freddie Anderson right now, that's a little bit of a different dynamic. I'm not quite sure I want to put my trust and hopes in Antti Ranta to be the guy to carry me through. But to Rod Brindamore's credit, the way he's built this team, you know, they have a top line that's not necessarily going to be household names. The Taro Taravine and Sebastian Ajo and company doing some of the damage up there. They're going to run four lines deep. And again, you saw Max Domi getting on the score sheet with two big goals uh, against the Bruins in game seven. Wasn't real thrilled about that. Had a flyer on the Bruins at 25 to one to win the cup. So would have liked to see them carry some of that momentum forward. Uh, But I think this team can just come at you in waves. And the one thing we've seen from Carolina is they're as dynamic as anybody on the penalty kill. And I think that's so important against a Rangers team, especially in this series, that doesn't wow you with anything they do five on five. I mean, look at how their top line performed against Gensel, Crosby, and Rust when they were out there. That was about as lopsided a matchup as you could find. So I wouldn't rule out the Canes winning the cup, uh, but I think if you're talking about them playing Florida, I would still make Florida a short favorite, but I'd probably be more inclined to bet the Canes, given their current price to win the East, than I would be taking Florida at the short number available. All right, before I ask you the last question, the Rangers aren't winning a game in Carolina, are they? I mean, put all this Ranger love to bed a little bit because, yes, they beat the Penguins, but they're not beating the Canes. Please tell me, right? I I mean, let's be honest here, Dave. I grew up a Rangers fan, but I'm a Golden Knights fan at this point, and I'm marrying into a Steelers family. Thank you. My brother-in-law, diehard Penguins fan. My fiance, diehard Penguins fan. So it was not exactly the most pleasant atmosphere on text or in our household last night, you know, watching the Rangers end that series in game seven. But at the same time, I think the Rangers all season, I mean, they've defied the odds. It's been smoke and mirrors. And I don't think, well, I don't, it's not that I don't think, I know they're not the better hockey team. The one thing that always concerns you is Igor Shesterkin. If he can play Ugh. to the Vezina caliber levels that we saw during the regular season, and dare I say channel his inner Jake Ottinger, then it gives the Rangers more than a puncher's chance. But I think Carolina moves on in this series in six. To your point, I mean, the Kaniacs have been out there in full force. That's one of the loudest buildings in Raleigh. And from folks I talked to down there, the sound reverberates off that tin roof. Wow. I'm just disappointed that you guys haven't been able to go down there and do a show live from the tailgate. I figure you pick up the phone. You know, you guys have enough, you know, prominent financial beneficiaries. Not yet. Got a big check for you. And Dave, you're down there first and foremost. Maybe they'll even let you ring the siren there. Something the Ooh. Golden Knights haven't let me do in five seasons. We're working on that too. <laughs> don't, 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 don't put that. If the Penguins were going to go to Carolina, it was already in the works. All right, last question before we let you go. All those years sitting on a bench, backing guys up and all this stuff, all these games and stuff. Louis Domingue had spicy pork and broccoli, and it was not the best. <laughs> what was your best, like, either in-game or pre-game meal that you had to wear while you were – or you had to eat while you were sitting there with that nice hat on waiting to, for your turn to go in the game? There are so many different ways to go, but we can start with what the in-game routine was when I was on the bench. You know, my coach used to yell at me because I would get a little bag of Sour Patch Kids, and when I sat on the bench – I would put it right under my knee pad 
So I'd be able to pop them in my mouth throughout the course of the game. The problem was if I had to go in a case of an injury, I had to stash them somewhere. So you'd have Sour Patch Kids all along the back of the bench, which let's be honest here, aren't the best when you're talking about going. Not the best. Not the but best. If I'm a forward and I step on those and get it on my skate, I want to hit I want to hit you with a butt end. But go uh, ahead. Uh, however, I'll go through a couple different scenarios. When I was a starting goalie, I was very superstitious about what I ate before the Real. game. So I wouldn't have a morsel of food three hours before it wasn't this big age of sports nutrition and all that. And you know, at 17, 18, you got the metabolism, you're running on energy. So I would go with a peanut butter sandwich. It would be whole wheat bread and peanut butter, the real sugary stuff that came in the giant jugs that they serve you that the generic, you guys would know you're about my age. Actually, Dave, you're a lot older. So Matt would understand. Okay. When you used to walk into the grocery store and it was all the white label with the black writing on there, I'm convinced that's where they got the peanut butter from in the industrial tubs <laughs> and that cheap wheat bread. And the real key though, used to be a cornbread muffin that was jacked up with sugar from Dunkin' Donuts. It was so ridiculous playing in, you know, 45 minutes outside of Boston where there were Dunkin' Donuts pretty much on every corner that I developed a relationship, or I should say my old man did, that they would deliver a box of donuts and a cornbread donut to me in the mailroom three hours before puck drop. I would take the donuts, tell the guys in the team they weren't able to eat them until after the game, but I'd have my cornbread muffin because I didn't have any transportation to try and get there. So that's how the creature habit I was. But the Louis Domingue story, you'll appreciate this. We're playing at my sophomore year. Uh, we're going down to Rye Playland where they actually shot the movie Big. So we're oh my, Hanks, the, hold on with timeout, 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 timeout. Right. Where, this is why my, my whole life coming full circle. You just, <laughs> you just dropped rye playland on me, Dave, every single summer. This is how weird this show has become. Every summer I would go stay with my family in Ridgefield, Connecticut for two weeks, every summer, every single summer from when I was eight years old till 18, rye, New York playland, <laughs> the roller coaster. You ever, you ever go on the wooden roller coaster? No, ne never a chance. I mean, it's November. We're there for hockey. No one's getting on a roller coaster. Go to play no a game. He's on a road trip. It's a business trip. Well, yeah, I'm not here to freeze my ass up. It's like asking me if I've been to Great America and got on the American Eagle when this park's not open in November. Man, I right. more Come on. But when we're down there, here's the thing. We play Manhattanville is who we're playing there. They're you know top 10 in the country. Then I don't think there's any chance I'm getting into the game. Oh, and mind boy. you, this ice sheet isn't normal size. It's not an Olympic sheet, but it's a lot narrower. They're coming in with Canadians beating us up physically. Ooh. So we go like we always did. We had an Italian pregame meal, and I'm loading my face with pasta, garlic, bread, cannoli. Oh, no. And the coaches and the players are looking at firm. They go, oh, we don't give a damn what he's doing. He's not getting in there. So I'm struggling through warm-ups. I feel like, you know – the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man to go back to what Dave was talking about. I'm sitting on the bench figuring I need to pop Tums with indigestion. About eight minutes into the game, our goalie gets concussed, and I, and I got to go out there. So I'm trying to figure out, do I pull the trigger to make myself feel better? Like, what am I going to do to make myself lighter? But I went out there. I had my Louis Domingue moment. We tied the game 3-3 against a uh, nationally ranked team. I come back a couple of days later playing a Thanksgiving tournament, start that game, played well in that spot, but like the jabroni that I am, I take off my blocker to try and cover a loose puck in the crease. Oh, I get stepped on oh, right, no. on right on my hand. So thankfully, oh, no. I still have full movement in my right hand, but it just misses. They stitch me up. I'm out of the game for about six, seven minutes. Come back. We lose in a shootout. The next game, though, my hand blows up. Can't even grab the stick. Oh, no. But we got our asses handed to us by Framingham State, another proud academic powerhouse <laughs> in the great state of Massachusetts. And that was pretty much where my college hockey career peaked until my coach told me I had to make a choice between my gambling and my commitment to collegiate athletics. Judging by the banter we've seen here today, boys, and the fact I never got a, in the, a cu <laughs> cup of coffee in the show, you know which pathway I chose, and I think I did all right.
Well done. Wow. Vegas also got rid of the two assistant coaches. So it's a total cleaning of house for the oh Vegas boy. Golden Knights. So they got rid of everybody this wow. morning. Todd, great stuff, my friend. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for being our first guest here on the TV replay for Sports Grid. Really appreciate it. We'll do it again down the line. All right. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Thank and you, again, sir. congratulations for all your success. Hopefully, you guys keep getting more eyeballs. I know the show is only going to get bigger and bigger. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. That's Todd Furman. Go ahead and follow him at Todd Furman on Twitter. Joining us here on the Bostonian versus the book. Well, and that's a true story, by the way. Ryan New York, he drops Ryan New York. He drops Playland. Are you kidding me? How about that? Didn't expect that reference. It's my all childhood. coming around. It's my all childhood. coming around. It's, oh, it's uh, I mean, big. The boardwalk you've seen big, right? Yes. You know, you know, the boardwalk yes. where they, they should yes. blast it. That's yes. all right. New York, yeah. my little brother, we got into a fight. My cousins and I, my big cousins, I, I was the third of my family in the cousin order, but my cousin, Joey and my cousin, Chris, my little brother, Ben, we were we'll go to the bathroom. Some dude kicks down the door onto my brother while he's going to the oh. bathroom, kicks oh. down the thing. He was high as a kite. Oh, guy got a little the quattro beat down from the three of us who came in and beat the crap out of that dude. My, my, cousin, my, my uncle Vinny had to, my uncle Vinny had to come in and pull it, pull this all off and, and oh, say, leave my. the guy alone and blah, blah, blah. My brother was crying. He was like 10 years old. Some dude kicks in a, 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 a stall door while he's going to the bathroom. He's all stunned. Yeah. That would take a little getting over. Yeah, like, my brother wasn't happy about it. He was really scared. Like some strange, crazy dude kicks in a door in a stall and you're like a little kid going to the bathroom. <laughs> you're like, what the hell? He starts screaming, crying. Happened? Yeah, and then your brother and his cousins got to beat this dude oh, up. My, like, my, my yeah. cousins were big boys at the time. They were football players and they were not. Oh. They were big Italians. And, and my cousin Chris was a top five, was a top five ranked running back in the state of Connecticut. So he was... <sighs> Yeah, he, he only ran like a four six forty, but he was big and he was in. Yeah, <laughs> no, you didn't want to see him coming at you. Don't play there. <laughs> nope, not fun at all. So there you go. Very good stuff with Todd. All right, well, let's get to what happened with the Rangers and your Penguins. Overtime win for the Rangers. We were talking a bit off air on this. So how do you feel about a power play being called in overtime? I'm still pissed off about it. It's not supposed to happen. And Back in the day, it wouldn't have happened. Like, not on that. I mean, you got to commit a felony to get a penalty call back in the day when you knew all the officials' names. And, like, Don Koharski, by the way, is the off-ice analyst, rules analyst on the coverage. Don Koharski has um, refereed the most NHL Game 7s in the history. And he's now the guy in the booth explaining how this should be a call or this was missed or whatever. It's, it's, it's highly ironic. But I thought... I mean, I thought the Rangers were going to win the series before the series. Game one happens, and Louis Domingue wins. Talks about the spicy pork and broccoli, not the best. I'm like, wow, there's a shot. They lose game two. I'm like, eh, okay, maybe, maybe not. Win three and four, scoring seven each. The game's still going over. I'm in. I'm in. I'm back in. You got me. Let's go. Let's close the Rangers out. We're going to go to Carolina or Boston. I mean, for you know purposes of the show, I was oh. hoping it was Penguins-Bruins. We would have had content for a whole nother week, just back <laughs> and forth stuff. Would have been great. So now we get to game seven. Crosby announces he's going to play. He skated. You got Jari coming back. Was the that a good pot. thing? Yes. Okay. Yes, it was a good thing. It might not have been right at the beginning. Like, but that first goal, Kreider, I mean, that it wouldn't matter who was in goal. It was a great goal. But you, I mean, there's a lot of questions about his ability to win a big game. 
Well, that's a whole nother thing, but I think he was better than Louie. Louie okay. letting in that goal the way he did in game six. Over the top. I, <laughs> I, I mean, he went to catch it and just couldn't catch it. Like it just, it goes, and then it went like slow motion over yeah. his shoulder. And I'm like, oh. It was like a movie. Yeah, it was so bad. So yeah. I think it's a positive thing, but they're they're winning the game. And like the Pirates win a game where they, they don't get a hit. The Maulers win a game, their first USFL game. Like you text last me, like, second, last second touchdown. Yeah, it was all these yeah. Pittsburgh thing. It was all yeah. dominating effect in, in into Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, this is the day, man. We're yeah. gonna have a day. Let's go. Dobsey, you know, went on Sports Grid and did a show. He's talking about little penguins making fun of calves. <laughs> he ain't ever seen your calves or my calves. I said, you're messing with the wrong people with the calves, <laughs> Dobsey. I've been doing a lot of years of running up them hills to jump a rope. My calves are pretty big. Somebody once called them a cantaloupe in my leg. Anyhow. We're right there. It's 3-2, and they get that penalty called. And I'm like, you just heard Furman say it. The Rangers' power play is lethal. Five-on-five, five, I ain't afraid of them at all. We're beating them five-on-five. Five. We got double up the shots yesterday in the game. We're right there. They give up the goal, and I'm like, just get to overtime. Just get to overtime. Just get to overtime. And I even tweeted it. I'm like, all right, this is it. I'll live with the results. No more penalties. No more bullshit. No more nothing. Let's just play. And whatever happens, happens. Three minutes in? Oh, yeah. 21 past. 1121. Sorry, <laughs> Farah. I'm working. Chat, keep Farah honest here. He's doing a hell of a job getting guests and all this other stuff. But like a penalty called, I jumped up and I said, it's over. And, you know, the house was there. Little Consig is playing the heel. She's all over the Rangers. She's like, the Rangers are going to win. She's in my ear like that little kid uh, in the baseball movie with the girls, uh, League of Their Own. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't take this. I can't take this. Penguins got to win, so she's not a Ranger fan. But as soon as that penalty was called, I was like, in-game Rangers. I, it just, I, I just knew. Yeah. I still don't know how that shot went in. It was an unbelievable shot by by the bread man Panarin, but I'm I mean I'm good with it because I don't think the Penguins are going to beat Carolina. I don't think the Rangers are going to beat Carolina. That I, I would agree with. Uh, let's jump ahead here a, yep. a little bit because we went a little long with Todd and got him on a little bit late. So yep. let's talk about St. Louis and Colorado for a second. So you know. <sighs> What what do you make of this? Because I think Tampa and Florida is is going to be an absolute brawl. We're we're going to break down yep. every game as yep. as we go here. We're between those two, but minus four hundred for Colorado. <laughs> this is, I mean, in a playoff talk series. About, talk Whoa. about Celtics being expensive. Listen, the books got enough Colorado money. It's this we're good. Like I mean, if you want to bet it, it's what I would call the fu price. Like go ahead, you you you're going to pay. And four to one. Um, do you want to bet St. Louis against this team? Absolutely not. No chance. Absolutely not. <laughs> not even not even a thought in my mind. But I'm just I'm, I'm not paying four dollars. Correct. So that's you ridiculous. Up, you put up a price in a book to keep people off of it, or hope that you get some St. Louis money. But nothing that I've seen would indicate right now that St. Louis is going to beat this team four out of the next seven games. It's going to be. I mean, Bennington's going to have to win two or three of the games himself. They're going to have to, I mean, and they give up shots. I mean, they, like, it's not like they play lockdown defense. No, they play up tempo. They're the anti blues that won the cup. And this is the opposite of how they play over in every game, every game. Totally agree. Yeah. Every game was Rangers. Every game went over yeah. seven games, seven overs. This one, 
if there's six games in a series, five are going over. I would agree. They're going yeah. over. Just blindly, yeah, hammer the over on yeah. these quickly. Yep. Uh, we talked, we touched on it quickly with Furman, but what do you make of Hurricanes Rangers here? Minus two ten isn't too expensive. I don't, I don't mind that paying that price. I think the Hurricanes win this series. I just don't see a path for the Rangers to win. They have to win one at Carolina. Right. Boston couldn't do it. No. I think they might have to win two at Carolina because I think Carolina can win at Madison Square Garden with the way they play. They play a perfect road game at home. They're going to play the same way when they go to Madison Square Garden. Now, could Shesterkin be that game seven? Because he kept them in that game yesterday. He he The Penguins, it was downhill. The ice was tilted. Everything in that first period, they threw at him, and it was 1-1. And I was like, man, I feel like the Penguins should be leading after one. But if you told me road team were, were tied after one, I'd sign for it. Yeah, because goal. Th- I mean, look, hot goalies can win series. So, but it's weird. Like this guy's going to win the Vesna, and he gave up seven goals twice in the previous series. He got pulled both times. Yeah, I mean, like I don't know. I I, I like this dude. I don't a hundred percent trust him to be like this lockdown goaltender, and he can win a one nothing game against Carolina on the road. I don't think so. I don't think I don't think they have enough five on five. They're going to have to beat them five on five without the last change in four of the games. Yeah, not happening. I mean, they can't set that matchup. And their first line, the Penguins completely outplayed them. I mean, completely outplayed them. And the thing that's interesting with this series that makes me not want to like like come out of retirement or bet an uncomfortable amount of money on the Hurricanes is the physicality of the Rangers. They beat the crap out of the Penguins in a lot of ways. I mean, he took some shots, took some liberties. It's fine. It's to be expected. It's a playoffs. Mm-hmm. We got to see how Carolina answers that. That's the only question I have in the series. And one more hockey one before we get yep. to the props.com story of the day. Battle for Western Canada, Calgary. And I wrote, I wrote this wrong, by the way. It's it's not it's Calgary Edmonton. I wrote yeah. this as Calgary Flames. So that's my bet on the on the on the graphic, Matt. On that, I just realized that Calgary right. is the Flames, right? Exactly. They're not playing each other. <laughs> oh no, playing themselves. No. I wrote Calgary minus one ninety four versus the Flames. It should be Calgary minus one ninety four versus. Well, that'd be the interesting. Oilers. We could lay that. That would be good. Actually, <laughs> it's against the Oilers. What do you make of Flames Oilers here in the Battle for Western Canada? Uh, I think Furman said it best. I think. Calgary had every reason to not win that series yesterday. Correct. They, 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 that punches a, a, a ticket that, that checks off a box on the road to the cup. You have that, that team that just won't go away. That they, the goalie was a wall. I mean, they, that, that series legitimately could have been over in five and it wasn't. Calgary's a dangerous team. They're fast. They're playing. Marshall, I mean, they got the goalie. They got a lot of good things going for them. Edmonton finally won a playoff series with Connor McDavid. This was a series that I used to stay up late in my room. Everybody's sleeping, and I was up watching this as a young kid. I can't wait to watch this. This is an appointment viewing for you guys that don't know the Battle of Alberta. Mm. This is going to be awesome. What, if you were me... Would you take a Hurricanes versus Calgary 19 to 1 exacto flyer? Just just the matchup or just Hurricanes the matchup. over? Oh, just, just the, the matchup. Match. Calgary would face Carolina for the cup. 
19 oh. to 1. Wow. These exactas have me so interested because I'm trying to 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 figure out the math on the Colorado prices. I'm trying to pick but I mean, Calgary, Fanduel, is, Fanduel is so desperate for you for you to bet against Colorado that you can bet the field against the Avalanche right now. How about that bet? That's a fun bet. Like you're getting everyone yep. else. You can fade right now if you want to bet against the Avalanche. It's minus two sixty five. Yeah. See, this is good. This is this is actually a no price, right? Yeah. Yes. No. It's it's either you know, Cal- Calgary wins. The, I mean, Colorado wins the cup. It's plus two ten versus the field, which is minus two sixty five. Right. So, I mean, they're doing this at Circa here. Uh, where you have a no price against everybody. That's a no price against Colorado. I think Calgary is the preferred option in that. I think Colorado, Calgary, obviously the numbers would tell you they're favored. I mean, they're minus 400 and they're minus 195. So, yes, that's supposed to be the matchup. So, yes, if you're going to do that, what is the Calgary winner of the Florida Tampa series price. If you could get Calgary versus Tampa or Calgary versus Florida, is it that big of a difference versus the Carolina? I mean, it's 19 to one to get Calgary into the cup against the hurricane. So, I mean, it's 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 probably going to be, I wouldn't be Well, no Calgary against Florida is probably, yeah, that's single digits. It's probably, probably eight to one, 10 to one without looking. Um, but the Tampa price is probably closer. So I don't know. The winner of the Tampa-Florida series, I can't tell you who's going to win that right now. Mm-mm. But the winner of that may be the loser because they'd be so worse for the wear that Carolina could then beat them and go to the Stanley Cup Finals. Very true. All right, let's go to the props.com story of the day. little NFL football for us here. Week one lines are out. You guys can go to props.com and read this story that is up right now about week one. Let's just talk about the Thursday night game because it's the first kickoff. You know, obviously it's going to have a big betting handle. Everyone's going to be all in on it here, but bills at the Rams, September the 8th Rams are favored by one total is 52 and a half here on, on this one. How interested, I mean, do you think this is a playoff or a Super Bowl preview? Bills Rams. I mean, I, I do not. The Rams won the Super Bowl. I know. And the Bills could have been in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't think they're going back either, but um that's I believe I believe in the hangover personally. I think it's real. Yeah, it is. I mean, how how many when's the last time we got a repeat Super Bowl champ? Patriots 0304. I knew you would know that because I knew that too. <laughs> it's just another chance to pump up the <laughs> Patriots. I knew it. Um no, it's not a Super Bowl preview, but it's going to be billed as such. Yeah. The Bills will end up being favored, yes or no? Yes. I agree completely. And the, the total, will, and and the total will close at 54 and a half. What is it right now? 52 and a half. Yeah. I mean, it's going up. I don't think you, you think it moves two points? Yeah. I think it'll close over the key number of 54. I think that might be the stop point myself, but okay. Uh, yeah, it's going up, no doubt. It's crazy that we're already talking about football, we're already into these things, but it's crazy. You can look at every line that's up right now. There are the one thing that I was really surprised: there aren't many home favorites in week number one. 
No. There are a few of them, but there are there are a lot of like Eagles at Lions, Eagles are favored. Colts at Texans, Colts are favored. You know, Chiefs at Cardinals, Chiefs are favored. Um, you know, Buccaneers at the Cowboys, the Buccaneers are favored. Broncos at Seahawks, Broncos are favored. I, I mean, it's a lot they, of bad football teams, is there not? Yes, there's a lot of there's a lot of you know teams that have it and teams that don't this year it's, in the NFL. Yes, it's I mean you know I glance at the schedule a little bit over the weekend and then I got completely engrossed in the hockey for the most part, so I, did, I stopped. But I looked at it and I was like, man, there's a lot of bad football teams. Like there's going to be a lot of high numbers. Like I was going through it. I mean, how many times is Seattle going to be favored in games? How many times is Atlanta going to be favored in games? So the bottom teams are bad, bad, at least right now before we start to play games. All right. Let's do this, do this quickly. Every day we're doing this exercise. Yep. We're gonna we're gonna go through one schedule for every team. So 32 days, 32 teams. We on Friday, we started this off with the Chargers. I want to do the Broncos. Let's do it. Let's stay in the division. We'll go division by division. So let's stay in the AFC West, which is considered to be the best division in football going into it. Yep. So you got the schedule up. I don't have the schedule. I have it up in front of me. Yes. Perfect. All right. Let's do it. So week one is Denver at Seattle. We do know this number already here. It's a Monday night football game. Broncos are favored at the Seahawks minus three and a half. Broncos minus three and a half. I mean, I know Seattle is going to be bad, but Dave, this is still Seattle on the road in Denver with a first time head coach with a brand new quarterback in Russell Wilson. It's four and a half right now. Is it really? Oh my. Yeah. This thing's only going to go up with the Russell Wilson hype. It's only going to go up. I mean, going back, I mean, it's perfect, right? Monday night football, Russ goes back to his former team. I mean, it's going to be just, the NFL is brilliant with this. Like they had to play Seattle. Game one, Monday night football (laughs) out of the gates. Let's make the drama as big as we can hype it up as much as we can. I thought they'd wait. I mean, they they sent Brady back to to Foxborough in week four is week one, right? No, it's a, it's a good matchup. uh, But this tells me going forward, how much the ratings are as far as power ratings and stuff for Denver. It's not going to be too many games. They're going to be dogs. Week two, home for Houston. Win. Win. Okay, so do you want to do the win total first and then come back Come back and do the numbers? Um, what do you want to do? You tell me. Yeah, let's do that. We'll go. So, so, okay. so win at Seattle. Win, win. Win, win. Win, win. Two. Home for San Fran. Lose. At Vegas, week four. Battle. Awesome game. I'll say they're going to split with Vegas, so they lose the road game. I would agree. So two and two. Yep. Colts at home. Win. Oh boy, that's a game. At the Chargers. Lose. All right. Three and three. Home for the Jets. Win. Four and three. At Jacksonville. Win. Five and three. Bye in week nine. Goodbye. Huge, big, huge good. good. At Tennessee, week 10. Lose. Five and four. Home for the Raiders. You said split. Win. Six and four. Yep. At Carolina. Oh. What I'll, give them a, I'll, I'll give them a win, but right. I mean, they're going to be favored. That's one of those games, cross-conference. What is that, late November? Yeah. That's that's one of the – they usually lose, but I'll give them a win. So seven, 
seven and four. Okay. At Baltimore. Lose. Seven and five. Home for the Chiefs. Lose. Seven and six. Home for the Cardinals. Win. Eight and six. At the Rams. Lose. Eight and seven. At the Chiefs. Lose. Eight and eight with a game at home against the Chargers in week 18. Let's flip a coin. I'll say win. A nine and eight season for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. What's their season win total? Uh, Way inflated. Wait till you see this number. I know. Ten ten and a half? That's the last time I looked. It was ten and a half. Um, Let's see. Division winners. I mean, they are plus 260 to win the West. That seems like a short. Third choice, right? Third choice, but still plus 260. That seems to be a little, that seems short to me. That should be. Yeah, um, because they're, I mean. All the hype. Popular team. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Where are the, there's win totals. Okay. Win totals for the Denver Broncos at FanDuel. It's 10 and a half. I was right. Right. Juice to the under. How juiced right 160. <laughs> See, it's so funny because like I'd never let a total get to minus 160. I would just move it to 10. Who in the hell wants to come in and bet under 10 and a half minus one? I got to lay 160. Because somebody else is at 10 minus 130 or minus what? 125. Minus 120. Like yeah, okay. we used to have a thing. We'd get as high as a quarter. That would be it. And then we would move the number. Because the our guys, well, I mean, we had we had a lot of sharp business. They would take a plus anything. I mean, I don't know if they're betting plus one thirty over ten and a half on Denver. Eleven wins. You know, I mean, you you could swing a couple of those games and find your way to eleven. And there's people that love Russell Wilson and they love this whole merging of a new coach. And I don't know, eleven and six seems really rich for Denver. In that division. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't see 11 and six. Do for you Denver see? Broncos. We did the Chargers on Friday. Would we finish yeah. 10 and seven? Yep. I mean, like, I don't know what it's going to take to win this division, but I think 11 and six is going to be very successful. I think that's going to be a good season. It's a really good so, season. Yeah. Totally. I mean, it's a really good season. Yeah. In that so, division. Yeah. So we'll do that. We'll, we'll do that each day. We'll go through schedules yeah. as to what teams are and, and look at their win totals. But I think we're, all, I think we're, you know, I think the Charger number is right. I think the number's too high on the Broncos. I would I would go under. I'd been under on the Broncos. I agree. Ten and a half is too many. That's too many. I, I no. Ten and ten wins. Ten and seven's a very good season in year one. New head coach, new quarterback, good defense, but the division just is so darn tough. I mean, just really, really tough. All right. Time for the betprep.com prop bet of the day. We're going baseball here, Dave. This is interesting. Oh. Speaking of Denver, we're going to stay in Denver. We're going to jump into a K prop. Rockies pitcher, Antonio Sensatella. Strikeout number is two and a half under juice to the minus 130 at BetMGM. Wait a second. Is this guy not strike anybody out? Two and no. a half? He's starting pitcher? Well, I mean, that's the problem, right? You get openers and guys who don't pitch very well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to be the Giants. I like the Giants in this game. We'll, we'll get to the, we'll get to it in better to book it. But yeah, 
See, this is what we have to look forward to. There's no basketball games today. There's no hockey games today. You have to do the baseball stuff now. Yep. You have to dive in. We're it's doing horrible. a show every day. And I can see the angst on your face. I'm it. impressed that you even said Zenzatella right, let alone we're looking <laughs> at a prop for a pitcher. This is great. 0-5, last five games, pitching, having three or more. He averages 1K per game. When his team's an underdog, he's only averaged a half a strikeout per game. He pitched against the Giants last week. One strikeout for the outing. The Giants this year averaging. How many innings did he pitch in the last outing? Uh, Well, it's a starter. He's doing like four or five innings. He's only getting one K. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, he's not going. He's not going long. Can't in, in games. That's that's part of the the numbers baked into that, right? I mean, we're laying unders. Minus yeah, he he pitched against the Giants last time out. Had one against the Nationals last time out. Or two time for that one nine seven one against the Reds ten four win one against the Cubs. How many innings pitched? Does it have his innings pitched right there? Do you doesn't see have IP? his doesn't have his innings pitched. Just has the outcome and number of strikeouts on this graph I'm looking at. Okay, but I mean he's. Man. He's not going deep going in games. One time through the order? Looks like that way, yeah. His total K's on the season is five. <laughs> and we're five. going under two and a half today? Yep. <laughs> How many innings pitch does he have? Uh, I have to pull this up. You can make me pull this up for him. Uh, I'm he has say, five K's all season? Yeah, I think he probably has five. I think he has five starts on the year. And then... Uh, let House me see. is only so, minus one thirty. It's got to be a bet. So Sensatelli is two and two with a four point eight eight ERA. He has appeared in uh, five games. Nope, seven games on the year. And he has oh, he's eight Ks in total. Five games in the last five. Five Ks last five. So he's had um, one, 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 one. Back you see his innings pitched. Don't make me stop everything. 27.2 innings pitched. Eight strikeouts in 27.2 innings pitched. What's his longest outing? If you could, do you have his game log right yep. there? 6.1 innings against the Reds. How many inning, How many Ks did he have in that outing? Uh, one. one. One? One. Man, I don't normally do this. I'm going to have to go find this bet myself. <laughs> I mean, that's a good bet. Yep. And but and he's home too, so it's you know it's. it's I don't care if he's pitching on Mars. The guy don't strike <laughs> nobody out. Uh uh-uh. uh What? So the most in a, the most in a start he's had this year is three. That's the most. Wow! This in the good. month, two this starts good in May. Med prep boys, thank you. Yeah. This is good. Two Ks in the month of uh two Ks in the month of May. One against the Giants. One against the. Nationals, and he pitched uh, what? He pitched eight innings so far this month. Man, we're betting this under. All right. Very cool. Wow. Time for better to book it. For you guys who are new here on Sports Grid TV, this is what we do each and every day on the program. This is actually the genesis of this entire program. This segment used to be called what was the Bostonian versus the book, which is better to book it. So right. when I say the bet, Dave says bet it meaning he likes it, or book it, meaning he doesn't like it. This is being presented by Fliff. You guys go to getfliff.com to download the new social sports book. If it is legal in your state, just for downloading it and making an account, Fliff is going to give you $25 to bet in any way you want. 
getflift.com. Check it out. Terms and conditions do apply. You mentioned the baseball. We got to yep. get into this. Let's this go. is not fun. <laughs> this is not fun. I'm not, I'm not in love with this. I love it. Especially day one coming out here with sport with sports grid. It's like, Oh, let's see what Matt, the gambler's got. I'm going like, to throw an offer up because I hate betting this crap, but here we go. Ofer is the favorite today. It's because of the whole. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, and three. Just, oh, and three in these bets. Fading these plays might be smart of you. Yes. Astros, Red Sox. Numbers now at nine. Astros are the number one team in baseball to the under this year. Mm-hmm. Red Sox offense just got after it against the Rangers, but it still stinks in my mind. It's coming around. But Jake Odorizzi gets the start here for the Astros, three and two with a three point three eight ERA. Garrett Whitlock is the opener for the Red Sox, one and one with a two point one nine ERA. I think he could actually keep Houston down a little bit enough for the under nine to uh, to come in here on this eight nothing win yesterday for the Astros. They lost thirteen to six the game before, but six one five nothing eleven three in the previous games. The Red Sox offense is starting to come around a little bit, but they lost seven to one yesterday, 11, three against the Rangers day before that seven, one before that got after it a little bit against the Astros, but I still don't think given this pitching staff and bullpen for the Astros, the Red Sox are going to score all that much under nine betting it or booking it. We just said, you're going to go in three, you know, I'm booking this one. <laughs> I'm definitely booking this one. No, uh, Gabe and Cam, uh, they always think they, they call uh, Odorizzi eggs over easy and all this other stuff. They got the nicknames I've heard before. Um, the games that he pitches, the Astros seem like they hit. There's certain pitchers and stuff we call coincidence. And again, it's a six week uh, show so far. What are, they, what, people, what, what, what are they talking about? That's not true at all. He's gone under the last four games. Odorizzi has games uh-huh. in, that he started? Yeah. Five nothing, three nothing, five one, six nothing. Wow. So that, no, that's not true. <laughs> Whatever right. they're saying, that they're reading the wrong stat sheet. Under, Odorizzi's been an underplay in games he started. In years past, he wasn't. That's good right. to know. All right. So maybe we were referring to years past basis. I don't go. know. I'm booking it. I'm watching the line move. <laughs> yes, I'm watching the line move and I'm yep. seeing it. Um, Whitlock. Goes what three innings? Max, one time, yeah, one time three. Max, and we get yep. the Boston bullpen, which has been not the best. Um, we'll go over. Okay, I, I need a, a good showing. Boston needs to. They're four and nine at Fenway, by the way. It's this, not a good start. That's pathetic. That's not good. Four and nine is so bleeping bad. That's just embarrassing. Uh Dodgers, D-backs. Dodgers, D-backs. I got Mad Bum. And Gosselin on the bump. Okay. 1.78 ERA, 1.33 ERA for Bumgarner and Gosselin. I'm playing a first five under four and a half. Dodgers are, they used to be the best team to the under. They aren't anymore. No. They're, but they're still pretty good to the under. D-backs are better than they are actually to the under right now. What's crazy, I thought about betting the Dodgers on the run line. Dodgers are the number one team in baseball to the run line. Number three, the Diamondbacks are number three. Yeah, so that, that kept me off of the minus one and a half on the Dodgers. Yeah. I was like, yeah. all right, I don't like that. First five under four and a half runs, betting it or booking it. Uh, you may have sold me on this one. I was going to book all the plays today because, you know, uh, everything we have working. But no, I'm, I think I'm going to bet this one. Um, 
eight and a half is the total for the game. We got under four and a half for the first five, and you only have to lay 106. That's what I did last night. I don't know if it moved. Yeah. I like what you're doing here. Um, let me see. Current number first five for this game is four and a half over minus 115 in a lot of spots. So that's about right. Hasn't moved much. We'll bet it. We'll go. Uh, we got to get Mad Bum. I'm worried about more about Gosling getting through five than Mad Bum. But really? Yeah. Dodgers aren't hitting right now, although they hit a, a bunch of over the weekend. Gosling, by the way, just so you know, Gosselin earned runs in his last five starts, zero, one, two, zero, zero. Excellent work. Let's go under. He's been he's been really solid over the last five five starts. So under four and a half. Uh, and then finally, I decided to take a money line play because, well, it's baseball and I just can't stand betting two games. I had to bet three. I'm going to take the Giants. We talked about it earlier with the prop with Sensatella. I got the Giants at minus 145 on the money line here against the Rockies on the road. Betting and booking it with the Giants. Alex Wood on the bump against Sensatella here. Giants minus 145. Booking it. I, I, I'll take the Rockies at a plus price at home. I think this is a little overpriced. And just, just glance, first glance. We'll yep. dive into this later. I looked at a couple other games um, that I was going to throw back at you for better to book it that's okay. since we're, we're debuting. But um, he, beat, he beat these Rockies at home 9-2 to two last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the road, he, he's been okay. One and one over the last five games for him. Won 5-2 against the Nats and lost 9-1 to the Dodgers back on the 4th of May. But I love this pitching staff for the Giants. I love Alex Wood. Anytime I can bet on Alex Wood or Logan Webb, I'm jumping on it. I like the the, 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 the Giants just to win the game tonight. Wow. On line. Okay. Finally, what we always do, or unless you have, do you have a game you want to throw at me? I do. What I have two, game? actually, okay. because uh, St. Louis is at the Mets. Mm-hmm. I had I had my St. Louis stuff on. I got the Cardinals jersey on and Albert pitched last night, and I was very mm-hmm. excited about that. They're plus money today at Shea uh, or at City Field, not Shea anymore. But Mikolas yep. is plus money. Interested? Betting it or booking it? I like St. Louis. To win the game? Yes. Well, yeah. But something's – what am I not seeing here? Because Trevor Williams is not very good. Thank you. So what am I What What am I missing here? The Mets just lost their first series of the year. Okay. Mets Seattle. are 10-7 at home. Cardinals yep. are 9-7. Mikolas is 3-1 and one with a 1.549 ERA. I might be more inclined to bet first five. Okay. Take Cardinals money line first five. Just one of those ones that I just see and I'm like, I mean, he has the best ERA in baseball. Is like, that but what's the what am I missing here? The Cardinals played last night. Okay. Sunday night baseball. Right. And then they fly. You you hear this yeah, thing right. where yeah. you know you bet against that team that played the late game. It's another night game. It's not a big deal. Like because the the Mets had a day game mm-hmm. and had more rest. Like Mikolas was already in New York. Cardinals first half money line is minus one oh two, basically even money. And yeah. you get a push. If, the, if it's a tie, you get a push. I don't know. If you want to get aggressive, you can take you can take a half a run. Cardinals plus a half a run is minus 144. Okay. That's so, not horrible. 
just something to keep in mind that, that, that like, you know, when I look at the first thing in the morning and I did a couple of shows before the show and I was looking at the baseball numbers, I'm like, what am I missing here? Cause I think St. Louis got to be a play. And the other one that I was going to say better to book it because we've been talking about the baseball in between all of the basketball and the hockey and the football things that we're doing, which we're going to do um, is the Minnesota unders. Okay. You've been talking, we've been talking about that and Spence and award of Minnesota stuff, Minnesota under today at Oakland tonight. Um, there's short favorites, minus 120, 115-ish in the neighborhood. Total seven and a half. I like under. Bet it or book it. Yeah, I bet the under. Um, okay. You've got twins are 20, 30, 13, and two to the under. Oakland is, well, they've changed. Well, Oakland has become, they were really at the bottom. Um, and now they, oh, they're right there too. 30, 30, same, same record, 20, 13, and four to the so, under, to the under. Yeah. So you have two big, yeah. Under, uh-huh. I like that okay. under right. seven and a half. Yeah. I, I like that. Those teams can't hit the lead. Neither team can hit a lick. That's a three, one baseball game one way or the other. Okay. I like that. All right. So we end the show every day. If you guys in sports grid, we do a thing called our favorite thing about today. It's a chance to kind of talk about some positive affirmation and look forward to something that's fun or good, personal, professionally, whatever it might be. Dave goes first. I go second. So what's your favorite thing about today? So we had what five game sevens in hockey over the weekend and it took over the house. Everything that we did, like, I mean, they had to leave on Saturday because I was so engrossed in the hockey <laughs> and they brought me food home. I didn't leave. I watched hockey all day Saturday. Then yesterday, building up to the Penguin game, I got three daughters. The youngest is Kendall, eight years old, little can sink. And we're in that stage where she's really getting interested in what we do. She loves the show. She loves the hats, all the stuff. But she loves playing the heel. And she's like, I'm rooting for the Rangers. And I'm like, this is not acceptable. I feel like a bad parent. Like I'm not doing the right thing. You can't root for the enemy. And she loves it. So we play along and it's fun. But, you know, in the book, you make bets. You know, everybody makes bets. And I lost the bet because the Penguins lost and the Rangers won. So, you know, I wear these hats all the time. And I said to Kendall that I would go on the show <laughs> and wear this damn Rangers hat and I said I would do it. I held off as long as I could, but she probably, she likes to go on the YouTube channel and now she won't be up tonight, but in another couple of weeks, she'll be up at 11 o'clock and be able to turn on her smart TV and watch the show. She'll fast forward the favorite thing about today, which she does sometimes because wow. she likes to hear what I say and what you say every day because nice. it is a positive thing or, or we talk about, you know, other unfortunate things that go on. It's just a good yep. way to vent. Yep. Paying off my bet, Kendall. There's your New York Rangers hat. You win. My favorite thing about today is the fact that the chat gets exposed to a new platform yes. because we call it the BVB Brigade. <laughs> and we have listeners and now viewers all over the country. And we really do. If you guys are watching, it's late night, okay, for you guys on Sports Grid TV on the East Coast. But Dave's from Pittsburgh. I'm from Boston. So, I guarantee you. Well, we people, live in Vegas. We live in Vegas. Yeah, both of us are both of us are in Vegas. But we're from those parts of the country. Yes. I guarantee you, some of our friends are going to be coming home from a bender, a night, an overnight <laughs> flight, something or other, and they're going to put it on and they're going to say, "How in the are you guys on TV in the middle of the night?" We're and on. 
and I and and I, I'm gonna get like I'm gonna get these messages. I know I'm gonna wake up and it's gonna be a friend of mine going like, dude, I came home from the bar last night at two thirty in the morning, and I what the hell were you doing on TV? So I can't wait for that to happen. So that is my favorite thing about today is that we get to take the BBB brigade and expand it. If you guys want to be part of it, the hashtag on Twitter is hashtag BVB brigade. We put it on all of our tweets and all of our, all of our statements and videos and whatnot that we do. We, we now, uh, if you're in a foreign country, Canada, Mexico, England, Ireland, Australia and Germany are the are the countries that have checked in so far for the brigade. Unbelievable. Australia, we we, we got people in Australia all of a sudden. I, I don't know how, but we have people in Australia who send me messages. It's amazing. So we we love hearing from you guys. My DMs are open. You guys can just drop a note in there. I'll try to get back to you as soon as I can. And and just you know, we couldn't be happier for the relationship. This is really thanks to Dave and what he's done with Sports Grid over the last year working for them. Now coming to us and saying, "Hey, you guys do the show every day. Why not we just we'll, we'll put it overnight for you guys? We'll replay it." But L.A., San Fran, Seattle, Portland, Vegas, Arizona, uh, Phoenix. It's 11 p.m. So I mean, it's not late. It's- Zach the Hat just said in the chat that it's a morning show in the UK. It's Amazing. a replay. It's going to be a morning show for oh, that. That's a so great like, point, right? It's a like morning he show. He just said it's 7 a.m. UK time. Wake up. People be waking up watching the replay. People be going to sleep watching the replay. And I've had one of those moments that, like, some people might be doing some other stuff while we're on TV at night. I'm like, what is going on? We're on TV. It's great. It's very cool. So, huge thank you to Sports Grid. Really happy to be part of the family and looking to grow the brigade and be a part of it at Boston versus the book on Twitter. That's the show Twitter account at Sports BK Consigas Dave. That's Dave. At Sports Talk, Matt is me. I'm Matt. We'll talk to you tomorrow for the Bostonian versus the book. Dave, I'm not going to end the show until you take that hat off. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't want to wear that hat no more either. Farrah. All hashtag right. it's not Farrah's fault. That. Thank you. That's our producer, Matt. Right, there you go, Thank boys. You. <laughs> <laughs>